What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogs Haven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogshaven.com, at hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Moe. Jamal Forrest, you can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget the you. Uh, uh, 23 to 21. Washington gets the dub against the Green Bay Packers. This is the first time on this show that we are talking about a Washington Commanders game when they are on a win streak. <laughs> uh, we get one dub against the Jacksonville Jaguars lose four straight and obviously here we are Chicago Green Bay back-to-back games next up the Indianapolis Colts and I'm not gonna lie to you all man it, it did not look pretty that first game that first quarter and some change um and to be honest that that was probably a worse a start as Taylor Heineke could really get off to in the spot that he was in um given the the manufactured drama uh, from within the, the fan base and, and media, just understanding that Sam Howe is waiting in the wings. And if things doesn't work out with Taylor Heineke, should you or should you not go back to Carson Wentz or incorporate Sam Howell into uh, the starting lineup? And for Taylor Heineke, again, you're in a spot where you start off <laughs> one of seven at one point in your first four drives with five terrible passes. Um, four of them should have been, or at least three of them should have been intercepted. You got a floater, uh, that was nearly picked off, uh, targeted to JD McKissick in the flat, uh, one of your first passes. Then you had a heave <laughs> up to double coverage, essentially where Terry and Cam was in the same vicinity. And then you're talking about uh, a dig that was behind Terry McClellan on third down and an overthrow, uh, in the red zone to Cole Turner and a pick six, obviously to DeAndre, uh, Devondre Campbell. Then after that, you had almost another interception uh, that was targeted to, I believe, uh, Curtis Samuel. Um, so there was a, a several, and I said five. That was, it was more than five, clearly. <laughs> um, instances that that Taylor really started off bad in that first that first half, and so essentially all but one pass was was one that I mean the one obviously when you scored to Antonio Gibson just looked like very difficult throws for Taylor Heineke. So it was just incredible to see uh, the resilience because. Um, you're talking about a guy who was on the verge of uh, really folding and, and blowing this game up from the start uh, for Washington's offense. Uh, but while Taylor Heineke is a conversation, there are multiple storylines here. But before we get any further into this game, make sure uh, if you are not subscribed to subscribe to the podcast, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, we definitely appreciate you listening, um, whichever way you are listening. Uh, if you can leave a rating and review, we definitely appreciate that as well. But nonetheless, we just appreciate you being around. Uh, my man Damien, he had some obligations post game, so he won't. It's, it's, it's a solo show, just me recording, um, and all those things. So, yeah, like I said, there's multiple storylines in this game. The first and foremost, um, the Packers, it was probably like you understood the story, especially if you listen to, to this podcast, you understood the story of the Green Bay Packers in 2022 to this point. Very bad team, um, unexplainable given the circumstances that they went uh, went into this offseason and, and the, the year that they had to this point. Oh, excuse me, heading into the season, um, like nobody anticipated the offensive line being as bad as, as it was. I um, mean, nobody anticipated the receiving core being as bad as it was. Yes, you cannot lose 
Devontae Adams and think that you're going to all of a sudden still be an elite receiving core. That's not going to happen like that. You can't lose MVS, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and think that you can be an elite receiving core uh, because you aren't. Uh, so that turnover at the receiver position is very interesting. But secondly, uh, several drops on the day harmed uh, that Green Bay Packers offense uh, and it really elevated this Washington's uh, Washington Commanders defense. You're talking about a, a defense and commanders who held statistically the Green Bay Packers to 0 for 6 on third downs throughout the game. And then you're talking about another instance where Aaron Jones had, I believe, seven touches um, on Green Bay's first two drafts. And Aaron Jones finished with um, nine receptions, uh, but eight carries. So 17. Uh, he was right around his average or slightly above his average, I think, in terms of touches per game. But he he finished the day at eight carries, 23 yards, four carries for 15 yards for A.J. Dillon. Um, so they did involve him a lot on that that the passing game, but that was towards the end of the game. Obviously, the biggest one was the 21-yard touchdown catch over Cam Curl to kept the lead from nine to seven. I mean, excuse me, from nine to two. So uh, like the way they were trying to involve their running backs was weird. Um, I, I don't think for whatever reason they thought that Aaron Rodgers uh, and, and you can, I guess you can't account for drops. <laughs> and that's one thing. That's one weird thing. You can't really account for drops. So you're going to keep giving your quarterback the best player on your team an opportunity to make plays. And he also needs the help. And if you're not getting that help from uh, your players on and key third down situations, that's kind of what you're going to run into. Um, that's one of the first storylines. Green Bay offense, terrible. The defense, um, giving up 106 yards on the ground. Uh, this is one of the best games in terms of balance that Washington had. Um, again, 38 carries, uh, 36 true carries. Taylor Heineke had two of those. Um, so 38 total, 36 true with with uh, backs and receivers. Um, and then you had 33 pass attempts, 33, 33 dropbacks. Um, 34 total, one of those being a sack. Um, so that's kind of where the balance is, the true balance is. And I said this before, but sometimes uh, it feels like Scott Turner really has to see tangible evidence that the ground game is worth sticking with um, before he decides to stay balanced. Um, and I, I don't, it, it boggles my mind sometimes uh, trying to understand what Scott Turner goes through in terms of trying to maintain some balance, but but you got to understand, like your running backs. Now this is the game to do it, right? The Green Bay Packers ain't that really good against the run. This is the game to do it, but you have to understand, like throughout the the, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of a football game, you're going to need those two yards here and there, those three yard pops here and there, because uh, eventually they'll turn into those five yard pops. They'll turn into those seven yards, those ten yards, those fifteen yards, those twenties. Um, but you got to stick with it. And, and I think for all of what Scott Turner did in this game in terms of trying to stay balanced, that escapes him way more times than it should. Um, and I don't know like how easy it is to call plays or how difficult it is to call plays. I don't know. I'm not a coordinator. But guess what? He makes it look really difficult to run football sometimes. So kudos to Scott Turner for trying to establish some balance. Um, it worked well against a team who really had issues against the run. Uh, but Taylor Heineke, on the other end, like I said, um, I, 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 I glanced over it at one point, but it was truly a situation where you're looking at um, your quarterback and saying, can we even be successful today? That first half, you're asking that question. Can we even be successful in the air today? He was floating a lot of passes. 
And it wasn't just um it was it was everyone that you can imagine. Out routes, flats, uh uh flats, flats, digs was behind his receivers. The fade again, overthrow. Uh, you he he couldn't he couldn't hit anything. <laughs> uh so that was just interesting to see, you know, the situation that they were in with Taylor Heineke until things turned around, and it really turned around, I think, with that interception. Um, at one point, uh, he was charted for having nine, uh, 13 attempts, nine completions for 72 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, very efficient bounce back. Uh, obviously, uh, you had the one uh, really good throw, Antonio Gibson in the red zone. Uh, you had uh, He had to drop that one off over the linebacker into the hands of Antonio Gibson, and it was a beautiful pass. Uh, and then you had the sideline route uh, to Terry McLaurin, uh, a dime for 37 yards, five plays, 74 yards coming out of that half. So that was that was really good. Uh, and then heading into the, the fourth quarter, you had zero sacks allowed from the commander's offense. Um, so that shows you kind of the dichotomy or the I don't even know if I use that word right. <laughs> but that shows you the difference in terms of like what you can do or what you can see from a, a Taylor Heineke led offense, given that he has that ability to extend plays with his legs. Um, and the willingness to extend plays with his legs, it was impressive to see. Obviously, he only had two carries on the day, but he was able to get out of the pocket on multiple occasions. Um, and that's kind of uh, what, what led the difference. And obviously with this team, um, what, 17 unanswered points at one point going down or since down 14-3 uh, to three, and ultimately, I think, 20 unanswered points before Green Bay scored their last touchdown. Um, so kudos to the team for, for fighting um, and, and really trying to stay in, in this game and in the hunt for the season. Uh, obviously there is a question uh, about this team, s- several questions about this team in terms of what you can really do uh, with the way they're performing right now. Ron Rivera answered in the post game presser. He said, uh, quote unquote, if you can win ugly games or excuse me, let me be clear. If you can win ugly, who cares? The thing about this one is that it was all three phases. I mean, that's true. You had some, a couple of good punts from Tressway, and then you obviously had one play where there was a, a, a muffed punt from Green Bay where uh, the rookie Percy Butler was able to recover that one and keep Washington in it in terms of uh, getting them their first points on the game. And, and obviously, while you, you don't want to go one for four in the red zone, which is what Washington did, and we need to talk about how this red zone offense is is slowly deteriorating um, from what was once an effective unit early in the season even in the midst of their losing streak um now they are continuing to decline <laughs> so one for four on the day but percy butler gets them set up with their first red zone opportunity um the defense again uh oh for six on on third down so while there was some missed opportunities including drops from the green bay packers receiver you're trying to figure out um <laughs> you know is this good defense or is this opportunities missed by the Packers that's one thing but then you obviously had an offense as well again uh actually 38 carries 100 yeah 166 yards on the ground and um an effective second half from Taylor Heineke bouncing back from an abysmal start um that was considered that could have been considered benchworthy the way he was performing against the Packers defense who was really giving them every opportunity to make a play in that first half um so he fixed some things around um, but yeah, when you're talking about <laughs> this team, man, I, I always do this thing after the game. Uh, and I, I started doing it this year, so it's whatever. 
one sentence takeaway from today's games. Um, so stick with me. I'll go through some of the lists and you'll just see how different everything is from everybody. Um, here we go. Anthony Armstrong, two in a row. Uh, Fearless Hyena. Uh, we didn't let a struggling passing game get healthy versus today. Get healthy in quotations. Um, not your average gent. Second half adjustments. Coach Manella, the defense is playing well. Uh, mind after math. Let's hold up on the how calls. Um, Sam How. Uh, Chad Wiss would not have won the game with Wentz starting. Kyle Smith for GM. The good man, Kyle Smith. Glad Heineke started. <laughs> Monty, uh, left hand up. Who are we? <laughs> if you know, you know, right? Um, okay, Commanders ST21. Taylor Heineke is not a starting quarterback in this league. Zim, 489. They absolutely love being mediocre. Uh, OG, Olu AK. Defense needs a raise and bonus contracts all around. Uh, replay Ryan. Terry is still scary. Um, DC Sports with somebody has to fill those wild card spots by winning ugly uh, with a shoulder shrug. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and find a couple of more. Disco, survive in advance. Uh, TM Reed, more pleasant to watch and fewer panic, panic attacks today. That's all. Um, and then a couple more. They enjoy being around Heineke from Air Raid Concepts and Zach Thomas. Heineke, not great, but better than Wentz. There are several more that goes on. This is over 100 responses. I wanted to make sure I get the differences from so many different people chiming in, uh, and those are all important. Oh, and one more. Heineke that I just got right now is better or is more fun than than Rodgers. So there we are um, with all of the, 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 the ranging sentiments from the fan base. There's a sentiment and that this season can really turn the corner now if they won two straight and, and Washington did win two straight. Uh, there was conversations, and it's something that really popped into my head after the win. Listen, if you all think about this, Washington, at, to this point, has played the Tennessee Titans, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers. They have the Indianapolis Colts up next, who just lost this week uh, to the Tennessee Titans. And then you have the Minnesota Vikings. We'll stop there because the Philadelphia Eagles are up next. But then after the Eagles, you have the Texans and you have the Falcons. So here's my thing. You beat the Packers and now you went two straight. For as bad as Washington has been playing in terms of like not looking the part of a team who who's actually turning the corner. Like you still have all these questions because they're playing against teams who are not good right now either. Tennessee Titans should have been a win. Chicago Bears should have been a loss, but they won. Um, Green Bay Packers could have been a loss, but they won. Now you're going against the Indianapolis Colts next week. Aren't aren't that necessarily good of a team? You have a shot to win that one. We're not predicting that. FYI, mind you. You know, I am one of the guys who told you immediately after the game last week, right? Said this is going to be one of those games where Washington's going to have a chance to beat the Packers. I'm patting myself on the back. I have no shame. Deal with it. <laughs> but my point is back to this, this schedule thing. Oh, and in the Vikings, too. You're talking about a team in the Vikings where, hey, 5-1, and one, right? And I think they're on a bye week right now. But when you're 5-1, and one, like that 5-1 and one ain't pretty. And you're not sitting here saying that you're going to go in and, and just smoke 
the Minnesota Vikings. But I would be a fool to sit here and say that they don't have an opportunity to get a dub against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and they'll have a, they won't have a good shot to get a dub against the Minnesota Vikings. I won't sit here and tell you that. So my point is, with four straight weeks, um, or five straight weeks of having the opportunity to get a dub against these teams, these teams in which you know they aren't necessarily that good to start with, like based on how the 2022 season is unfolding. This could really be, um, from a statistical standpoint, records and stuff, a, 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 a moment in which they can turn the season around for the better. Does that mean they're going to be good? I don't know. Does that mean uh, Washington has officially turned the corner? I doubt it. I think that there's so much going on with this team still. Like, now nah, I'm not going to sit here and say the litmus test is the Eagles. Right, because I think it's known Washington is not better than the Eagles. I think we know that. But that litmus test ain't coming no time soon, is where I'm getting at. So you may call it a sweep against the Philadelphia Eagles, but outside of that, you have the Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and by respect to their record, the New York Giants. Those those are those are your litmus tests. So right now you have an opportunity from a record standpoint to get right back in it. And can they do it? I don't know. Antonio Gibson was on one. Brian Robinson was on one. Brian Robinson, 20 carries, 73 yards. Antonio Gibson, an effective 10 carries, 59 yards. Curtis Samuel, an effective five carries, 26 yards. Um, I liked how they were using Curtis Samuel throughout the day. I liked how they used Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson is, is he has to calm his nerves down a little bit for all, all the good that he's doing in terms of uh, getting some of the hard, hard yards for it, for this offense. Uh, he's still, he's, he's actually surprising me the way he's bouncing some of these plays outside of the intended hole. Right. And I, and, and I would love to see what the all 22 looks like when the time comes, but he's a person who is surprising me right now. Like I think that he's leaving some yards on the field and 20 for 20, 20 for 73 ain't too bad for a guy like him and what they're asking him to do. But I think that he's probably leaving some yards on the field. And, and, and we circle back to Antonio Gibson, the guy who to this point has not fumbled yet. He's having a really good season. And he hasn't fumbled. He hasn't put that, he hasn't coughed that peel up. An effective 59 yards on the ground, 5.9 yards to carry, nearly six yards to carry. Um, and then obviously three carries, 18, I mean, three receptions, 18 yards and a touchdown. Man, I feel like, again, when we talk about Scott Turner, the way he's using his guys, I think this was a really good opportunity against a, a defense you, that was a, that was very vulnerable in a way. So that's one way to, to kind of give Scott Turner credit. He recognized it. You know, it was blood in the water for him. And he took advantage. Um, Terry McLaurin, five, five receptions, 73 yards. The game-winning, uh, game Lord help me, <laughs> game winning reception third down conversion i call it the effort bowl um uh taylor heineke throws them plenty of times it one of the effort balls uh to be actually clear actually it wasn't an effort ball it was it was a hospital so there's a difference a hospital ball and the effort bowl the effort ball is just saying i don't care who terry is around i'm throwing the ball regardless i don't care who's um uh, cam sims is around i'm throwing him the ball regardless uh, and then you have the hospital balls <laughs> where you know it ain't necessarily uh, a good decision. Like, you see it. 
you see that what you're doing is not a good decision or you see what you're doing is going to lead to a, a, a bad hit <laughs> for your receiver. And that one ended up knocking out rookie Cole Turner, uh, who ended the day with two targets, zero yards. Um, so, yeah, circling back to Terry McLaurin, uh, this was a day where he was really activated. Um, and, and what really set him off was that 37-yard touchdown uh, for the commanders, man, and what ultimately gave uh, the, the commanders the lead for good in this game. And Terry, like I said, uh, a big day for him, just given the situations that he had. And, uh, you know, he spoke post-game, and this is credit to NBC Sports Washington. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I know he was geeking, uh, given situation. He was barking on the sideline. He was barking after every catch. The touchdown catch that he made over the the, the, the cornerback. Um, look, sitting down <laughs> uh, on, on his butt, uh, Terry turns around and just stares at him. Gives him that stare, that mean mug. Next up is the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it's hard to really, again, take away from what the D de- or, or take away, have true takeaways from the defense. Um, Cole Holcomb had a solid game. Jamin Davis had a solid game. Uh, the defensive line uh, was able to eliminate scramble opportunities for Aaron Rodgers, a lot of scramble opportunities for Aaron Rodgers. So credit to them in that regard. They weren't able to get him on the ground, right? Zero sacks on the day, and that's, uh, something that I was really concerned about, but um, for how things played out and, and the way they played out, uh, they were able to just contain Aaron Rodgers. And sometimes that's all that, that's all you need to do. Um, they had that seventh man in, in, in coverage. And while I thought that the five man was going to create some stress, uh, why use five? Why use that single package when uh, four can get it done? Um, so, uh, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about getting home to the quarterback, but four getting it done, meaning, uh, getting the job done from a containing standpoint, right? You don't need five in that case. Uh, you can keep that extra man in coverage. So uh, Washington, for the most part, did a good job in coverage. Um, obviously, again, you can't you can't account for the drops, and that's kind of the, the 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 thing there. So, like, what true good did the defense do? And we don't know that yet. And I would love to see the numbers for the Green Bay Packers receivers because um, there was a couple of third down conversions and first down conversions that was missed out on them. That's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this quick thoughts on the Commanders Packers win. Again, overall solid game from uh, the offense, solid game from Scott Turner. The red zone is something they'll have to continue to work on, and it's not pretty and needs to get fixed ASAP. Uh, Taylor Heineke cannot afford to go up against a, a team that's going to be more efficient offensively the way that he was playing in that first half, you can't allow that. Um, so hopefully that that rust or nerves or whatever is, is shaking from him. Defensively, again, hard to wait through. The Green Bay Packers offense was uh, very inept today up until the last drive. I actually thought they had a really good shot of scoring on that um, that last play of the game. And uh, if it wasn't for that penalty, I think they had a really – and it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers throwing to, all the way across the field to an offensive lineman. I thought they had a really good shot – to make something happen there but again hard to cipher through decipher through uh that defensive performance um overall there was some solid individual play uh but the green bay Packers just missed so much uh, and that's on both sides of the ball for them um so we'll see we'll see but next up we have our show on wednesday i uh, stay tuned for that one and we'll keep on carrying on on the on to the indianapolis coast uh, with that being said man we out of here uh, y'all take care, man. Enjoy y'all evening. Enjoy y'all morning. Whenever you listen to all that good stuff.